Matt, we use Anchor.fm for the Bill Simmons Podcast podcast. Anchor.fm allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And it's free. Anchor will not only let you record and edit, you can also distribute your podcast to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more through Anchor. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, which is handy for the Bill Simmons Podcast podcast. Anchor.fm has everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor.fm to get started. It's the Bill Simmons Podcast podcast. The Bill Simmons Podcast podcast is truly a show for P-Dance. Featuring me, Chris, and, oh wait, there's no Matt. Matt's not here. Rich-ass Matt has decided it's more important to spend time with his family than to do a podcast with some other guy. (laughs) There were three podcasts last week. The first was on June 17th. That was the Russillo podcast. It was two hours, 15 minutes, and 12 seconds in length. The second was the NBA's wackiest decade. Originally, it was the NBA's wackiest decade. Wackiest spelled W-H-A-C-K-I-E-S-T. It was then re-released later in the same day. The H was gone. Where the H did it go? Probably only Cousin Kyle knows. Anyway, then it became the NBA's wackiest decade. But I like to think there's still some whack in the episode. It was one hour, 47 minutes, and 19 seconds in length. And the third one was NBA Draft Reactions with Joe House, and then a very backseat, Michael McDonald. To give this short shrift to a yacht rock icon and Michael McDonald, and to just kind of stuff him into the back half of the last episode of the week, which dropped on June 21st, a Friday, really feels disrespectful. In the first episode of the week one with Russillo, 40 seconds in, Bill talked about how something, I don't remember what, honestly, this is a very late episode in the first place, I have no idea how long ago it was, probably somewhere in the neighborhood of nine days ago. Anyway, Bill said something was loaded to the gills. NBA draft this week, we are loaded to the gills. I've heard of things being loaded to the hilt, but never loaded to the gills. My guess is Bill never has either, but that doesn't stop him from using it. Pearl Jam showed up at one minute, 16 seconds, a very brief intro, something Bill, I think, takes pride in, as we'll discuss a little bit later. At five minutes and 50 seconds, this swallow. Because they have LeBron, Dave Davis. At eight minutes and 54 seconds, Bill expresses his regret. Penny Hardaway, here's the first one you might regret. At 20 minutes and 43 seconds, during a discussion about the amount of time LeBron missed, Bill tried to say it was significant, and instead, he said this. They have LeBron, who missed significant time. At 29-21, during a discussion of George Hill's contract, Bill snorts. We can just lose all our picks. <laughs> At 30 minutes and 24 seconds, during what should be a very respectful read for Simply Safe, as I'm sure Matt would tell you if he were here and not being a good family man and a good husband, Simply Safe is a high quality home alarm system, something for which we have the utmost in respect. Bill, of course, does not, as he tries to give you the Simply Safe web address. And I think what happens here is oh, by the way, I am never quite sure that Bill is saying burglaries right. It never sounds like he knows how to say it, but it's just not quite bad enough for me to point out. And I know you must be thinking to yourself, how not bad must it be for Chris not to find something to criticize? But it just has not yet risen to that level. Anyway, during the Simply Safe ad, he says the simplysafe.com slash BS URL. 
I think what he meant to do was say, go to simplysafe.com slash BS, but he inadvertently included the article V and then had to figure out a way to save it without just saying it over again, because God knows Mr. Simmons hates to re-record things, at least based on his history. So that's why he adds the abbreviation for Universal Resource Locator after the typical web address. Go now to the simplysafe.com slash BS URL. In a new but repeated verbal tick, instead of saying this team won so many games or this team had so many wins, he gives us this glimpse into idiocy. That Jeff team Green. won 20 wins. Yeah. It's really shades of America's next top model when Tyra Banks loved to say, the next name I'm going to call is this. She could just say the next name without saying it's the next name she's going to call. The same holds true here. Why Bill has to say the team won 20 wins when if they won the game, it was clear it was a win. It's a mystery. But it's something Bill seems to think is appropriate because he goes ahead and says this just about 20 seconds later. And Eric Williams, that team won 35 wins. No one can doubt Bill Simmons' memory for the Arcane. His memory is not infallible, despite what he claims at about 11606. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I remember all the things I've said on a podcast. There's no way he can recall what he said, something he admits almost immediately. Well, that'd be a lot because you've done a lot of podcasts. I just, but, first of all. But this is recent. This was recent because this is when we were talking about it in context of the Anthony I Davis I think I might have said something in one pod about how this completely backfires. Would he change agents? So he's pretty sure he remembers everything he said, but then almost immediately realizes he thinks he may have said something. No longer pretty sure. Ryan once again spot on with the Simmons critique. At 125.08, a new throat sound from Bill. And I'm sorry I don't get to share this with Matt but I do get to share it with you. I think he might actually be drowning. If you actually run plays for him and put him in pick and rolls and stuff, he could actually be a real guy. <laughs> Good Lord. that That's a new one for me. Not a yawn. Probably that is him trying to talk while gas is trying to make its way back up from his stomach uh, through his trachea uh, and into the microphone. But my God, Bill, just turn your head away from the mic and then say whatever words you're going to say because <laughs> that was brutal. At 144.41, Bill, a grown man who turns 50 this year, manages to lose the entire first syllable from the word remember. Parker in 11, remember? At 149.37, the biggest laugh of the week from Bill is when Ryan makes a hilarious joke about Bill being the richest man in his group of friends. Like if you were the rich guy out of your group of friends, which you probably are, but... Um, <laughs> and then all of a sudden I was torn between whether or not Bill thought it was funny that Ryan would think Bill was the richest man in his group of friends because clearly Bill is not or Bill would think it was funny because Bill is the richest man in his group of friends and it was hilarious that Ryan pointed out just how rich Bill Simmons is <laughs> At two hours, four minutes, and 50 seconds, after the subject of Elliot Smith, who was the uh, artist behind some of the songs from Goodwill Hunting, comes up, it appears Kyle has frantically tried to find Elliot Smith tracks. Bill and Ryan, of course, move on to other things. And then suddenly in the background, Elliot appears. Oh, uh, Elliot decided to join us. <laughs> now keep going. Keep in mind, these people are ostensibly professionals. What they could do is have some sort of, I don't know, plug that allowed them to listen to an actual high-quality recording of Elliot Smith. Instead, they don't even hold a microphone up 
to the speaker where Kyle is playing Elliot Smith. Kyle, who is, by the way, listed as the producer, the engineer, and the editor for the episodes, has not figured out a way to dump in live music or to even go back and play live music over via edits. This is truly a tour de force from a technical standpoint. And the Bill Simmons Podcast podcast salutes you, Bill Simmons Podcast. No surprise, Bill's new favorite golfer is the best golfer on the planet, Brooks Kepka. He's so adamant about making the point that he doesn't even stop for this swallow. Really invest that at nine to one. And he almost pulled it off. Also, just in case you missed it, I think he says, I was really invested at him. Bill, who runs a podcast network and probably makes most of his money from podcasting and the podcast network, then realizes that Kyle's worst year ever could be monetized, but not through the usual method. Do you think we could start either like a charity donation thing? No, it would be a charity donation thing for Kyle's, to hear Kyle's 2013. It sounds like what he's interested in is crowdsourcing Kyle Crichton's shittiest year. Really invest that at nine to one. The second podcast of the week, originally the wackiest podcast, then retitled the wackiest podcast upon reposting. During the promo at the beginning, Bill tells Kyle that he's going to be on a new episode of Big Little Live, which Bill, of course, says, as a result, will be really good. It's a really good show. Guess who's on this third one, Kyle? Me. I've been booked. During the same promo, Bill says something that really gets on my nerves. And this show, the Bill Simmons Podcast podcast, is truly a show for P-dance, for nitpicking. We try not to overlook the smallest irritating detail, except, as I said earlier, perhaps the word burglaries. At 2.09, Bill has a fatal flaw of mispronouncing a famous Latin phrase. Et cetera, et cetera. It is, of course, correctly pronounced, et cetera. Et cetera. You see, the word is spelled E-T space C-E-T-E-R-A. It also makes me think Bill is definitely the kind of guy who would say mischievous as opposed to mischievous, which is how the word is spelled and supposed to be pronounced. Mischievous. At 2.13, Pearl Jam. And 10 minutes later, at 12 minutes and 9 seconds, an audible hick. Every year, the, the ladder match. At 25 minutes and 55 seconds, he swallows. There's all these different ways to get reps now, especially on podcasts. Now, the oddest thing that happened all week, and my personal favorite thing, was what happened at about 27 minutes and 32 seconds, although that time is really dependent on which version of the wackiest podcast you listen to. When I first listened to it, Matt and I both talked about how we heard Bill begin to promote an episode of the Rereadables, then start over and re-promote it. When I went to make the clips for use in this the Bill Simmons podcast podcast episode, I couldn't find it. And I was surprised and, of course, thought I was going crazy. And then I went back and tried to listen to it on the Ringer site, and it wasn't there. And I tried to listen to it on the Apple podcast app, and it still wasn't there. And I thought, I can't figure out how I can't find this. First of all, it's a hilarious way to make fun of Bill, who it sounds like is trying to insert an edit that's then left out, but I can't come up with a proof. Until I listen to the episode on YouTube, because YouTube still contains the audio from the wackiest episode, as opposed to the wackiest. So when the wackiest episode was first released, this is how Bill attempted to promote the rereadables. You, they would just be like, all right, I'm done with you. I don't need you anymore. All right, quick episode of the rereadables. Because I noticed I wrote this before the decision. <laughs> 
The summer of 2010 quickly turned into a polarizing topic since it's two. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. Let me do that again. Quick episode of the rereadables. Complete, of course, with Bill attempting another take. And then you actually hear him start the new take. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. Let me do that again. This is the way the podcast actually launches. And you'll hear the cut between Curtis's last line, then all the material that's removed, and then Bill re-promoing or reintroducing the rereadables. You, they would just be like, all right, I'm done with you. I don't need you anymore. All right, quick episode of the rereadables. Oh. It goes straight from Curtis saying someone's not needed anymore to Bill saying quick episode of the rereadables, followed by Curtis saying, oh, at 42 minutes and 17 seconds, Kyle says the new Curtis slash Shoemaker podcast, the press box, makes him smarter. Kyle, do, do your 10-second press box plug. I can't wait to hear what's going on with these uh, these debates because I'm definitely not going to be able to watch them. But Kyle uh, said it makes him it makes me smarter. Was Kyle's Kyle's senior yearbook quote about the press yeah, box? Exactly. Oh my god, it makes me smarter. That's the, that's Kyle. the nicest thing anybody's ever said Kyle. about us. Also of note, Kyle, who appears to be a voting age, seems like he has absolutely no interest in the debates. Though, in his defense, he will listen to whatever Curtis and Shoemaker have to say about the debates. So maybe he'll be at least marginally informed at 104:30. All that stuff. Same rewatchable style, same categories, all that stuff. Why bother listing all that stuff when you can just say all that stuff? All that stuff. At 105.54, Kyrie. It seems like Kyrie. At 106.04, Kyle is live and on the microphone when he explains the concept of ghosting. You meet a girl at a bar. Okay. You, you get texting and then she. That's it. She just pretends. At 124.55, Bill tries to say three weeks, but instead says it like this. There's three weeks where they... And during the same conversation about somebody being injured and being sent down to AAA Tacoma, I think, Bill says he starts following that person in what sounds like the Tacoma media. I only say sounds like because this is what Bill says. They were checking the Tacoma and all of a sudden it's like... He says, we've been checking the Tacoma... Checking the Tacoma. As Matt pointed out during a conversation earlier in the week, maybe Bill was checking out a Toyota Tacoma. Now, this is all during a conversation with Kevin Hench, who I initially thought was kind of amusing and then very quickly grew tired of. Although he's enthusiastic, he's a little on the bombastic side. He goes to great pains to point out that he, like Bill Simmons, is a rich man. At 133.05, Hench goes on about the first time he's taken his kids to Hawaii. We'd never been to Hawaii. Rich. He then says during that first trip to Hawaii, he goes to the far-flung Kauai locale. Yeah. So we went on vacation to Kauai, the, the most remote, beautiful island. Richer. But while they're on Kauai, he gives us not only the price per person, but the number of people involved in a helicopter ride. That has to be experienced by helicopter. Allowing us to realize that he spent $1,200 for 45 minutes in a chopper. Richest. At 140.34, during a... Patriot fan elegy for Rob Gronkowski. Bill points out the strategy for defending him, which is to go low. And Bill says it was TJ Ward who came up with a concept for this. Except what Bill doesn't say is that TJ Ward came up with the blueprint. He says this. Okay, like but the you're still comp- It appears that TJ Ward came up with the bullprint. Bull still- At 143.24, Bill points out that something happened over the past. Now, it's happened over the past. Now, what he probably means is over the past few days or weeks or months or years or something that happened in the past, but certainly not something that happened over the past. 
At 145.13, during a conversation about the Bob, Kraft, Jack, Shack scandal, Bill tries to say the name of the place, which I think is Orchids of Asia. He starts deaf at the Orchid Spa. Orchids of Asia. Orchids of Asia. But gets it wrong, and then when that's pointed out, fails to say the word Asia. Orchids of Asia. <laughs> the third pot of the week was with House, and then ultimately with Michael McDonald. Kyle again on Mike, telling Bill that Kyle learned about the Refeastables from House. It's called the Refeastables. Oh, House talked to me about this. Yeah. I'm ready for this. this. Why the host of the podcast would not bother telling Kyle about it is beyond me. Pearl Jam at 218. At 1311, a swallow. Just all he does all day is in the corner office with no window, just crunching numbers. At 1631, a swallow. Yeah, yeah wait. We're aligned on that. At 1914, a swallow. Getting up to number four because... I honestly don't think... At 25.44, Bill says postage wrong. Print official. U.S. postage. At 29.10, Bill is talking about, as a rich man, the various award shows and famous functions he's gone to with his wife and how he, being right, would tell her not to wear high heels because they're uncomfortable. But she, being wrong, would not listen. And he would say... Every time we've ever went somewhere nice, Bill is wrong. He's also wrong at 38.24 when he tries to suggest that yellow cones are used in driving tests. You might as well have just put like one of those yellow cones that people use on driving tests. They aren't. I've never seen a yellow cone in my life, and I used to work at Baskin Robbins. At 4010, during a discussion about the drafting of former Kentucky basketball player, I can't remember his first name, but his last name is Hero, Bill says he seems like the kind of guy who would have hung out with nephew Kyle, and Kyle says word without a microphone. He just seems like the kind of guy who would hang out with nephew Kyle. Word. <laughs> word. I think I, I has his word. Still can't manage to get three mics in the same damn room. At fifty-seven fifty, Bill stutters. Wow, he's, he hit. Uh, when you have, when I have. To, so should 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 should. At one hour, one minute, and five seconds, there's a conversation House has with Bill about Chauncey Billups. One of the things that caught House's eye was a comparison of Kawhi Leonard to new Washington Wizards player and former Gonzaga basketball player Rui Hachimara. House says that there should have been, or could be, a new ringer show where they simply splice in hilarious reactions to Chauncey's exaggerated comps. That sounds like a ringer bit. Why don't you just splice together all of his comps? Bill is confused and thinks House means Kawhi's. Kawhi Leonard? (laughs) This then confuses House. And run it, yeah. Who then sets the record straight. No. What confuses me is how Bill can be the person involved in this conversation and not understand what House is talking about unless he's simply not paying attention. This leads to a conversation about how the producers would know the comps ahead of time and how they would have things queued up so that they could play them to illustrate the comparisons. How do they not have producers to be like, hey, man, Chauncey, uh... Which is hilarious because his producer, Cousin Kyle, doesn't seem to do a goddamn thing. And when he is asked to have something queued up, such as the Elliott Smith song, he fails miserably. And then when he finds it, does a bad job of allowing the audience to listen to it. At 107.42, Bill Simmons sounds like he's underwater. Because the other team had to had to do a pick. At 110.42, Bill complains that House's signature is that his introductions are too long. Your intro is too long for it. <laughs> Your signature. I'm going to jump ahead here to 136.40. He wants to use the clip of the time the Doobie Brothers appeared on What's Happening. 
But this is how long it takes before we hear any of the clip. And that became this iconic two-part episode. Right, right. Which I'm sure you've heard about for the next 40 plus years. Ah, hello there. Uh, the Doobie Brothers room, please. And even though we've heard some of the clip, the audio has got awful. And then it lasts too long as Michael McDonald continues to talk. <laughs> Roger Thomas. Well, we had a crazy publicist at the time who got us this gig. The last thing I want to talk about is Bill's comically bad restaurant review. His discussion of food he calls delicious is so mesmerizingly awful. He's a great sports writer. He's an interesting podcast host. But man, when he talks about food, it's just gross. To begin with, at 1.15.41, he lauds this new kind of chicken that's almost boil-baked. It's almost like boil baked. Now, I don't know what that means, but it sounds gross. But he goes on to explain that it's not really cooked. So it's not really yeah. cooked. Which is kind of not the way you want chicken. Gross. But then he points out that it's super duper wet. And it just gets super duper right. duper soft and wet. If there's one thing that really gets my mouth watering, it's uncooked, boil baked, super duper wet chicken. At 116.02, Bill says that venison is a 10 out of 10 for him every time. If it's good. Venison to me is a 10 out of 10 every time. If it's good. Most things, if they're good, rate pretty well. And most things, if they're bad, don't. Bill wants us to know this. At 116.47, Bill says that his favorite kind of hash browns are when they're crispy. You know, like when you get really good hash browns and the hash browns are kind of crispy? It makes me wonder, how often does Bill have hash browns that are not crispy? And what does he think? These limp, translucent, probably loose potato shreds are acceptable? I wonder if they're crunchy. I wonder where he's getting these. At 117.09, Bill's going on about the five different desserts they had. That's five. One, two, three, four, five. But and then they had a, a dessert thing with five different desserts. And he lists one, which is a thing in a coconut. Things in coconuts. With ice creams. That had ice creams. and. Well done, sir. We thank you. The listeners thank you. And I'm sure whatever restaurant that is thanks you, because I'm sure now there's a line out the door for super duper wet, uncooked chicken, actually crispy hash browns, venison that when good is a 10 out of 10, and five different desserts, one of which is in a coconut featuring more than one type of ice cream. For the absent Matt, who's trying to prove that he's a decent person, as well as for myself, Chris, this is the Bill Simmons Podcast Podcast.